This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to another episode of Under the Cosh. Mr. Jonathan Parkin here with me as always. How are we doing? You're very right? well, very well. It's no brownie. No brownie. Empty Otherwise food. engaged. Little baby's come along. Yeah, his missus has just dropped, so we're uh, short of... Actually, we're not really going to fucking miss him, are we? We'll probably get as, as much input as <laughs> not being here. We <laughs> Let's be right about it. That's a shame he's not here. I know, he was looking forward to this one as well. He was, and only the second goalkeeper to appear on the podcast so far. Should feel honoured. I do. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Man City, Sheffield Wednesday, Charlton, bit of time in Scotland, probably best known for being the hero of the penalty shootout in that 2000 playoff final for Man City v Gilligan. Nicky Weaver. How are you doing, lads? You all right? Yeah, good. Thanks for coming. No problem. I feel like last two we've gone proper 90s, early 2000s nostalgic. It's like my ge- my generation of watching football. Yeah, it's a bit old, a bit old for me, like. Yeah. <laughs> a bit, old right. for me, a bit old for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing my notes in a massive pencil from Tenerife. Bring it, <laughs> what, bring it all out. Yeah. Look, there's a pen. It's good that you've done some notes. To be fair. Time at Man City, I like your career. Yeah. So you know, best time of my life. I went there when I was 18. I had in my scholarship at uh, where's apprenticeship it were then YTS. Thirty-nine fifty a week and, and all that. You'll remember that park, yeah, won't you? So I'm on fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pay rise then. I, I do. remember them days. I can fuck, I'm fucking in them days now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I did me uh, my two year apprenticeship there, and then from nowhere, really, City come and plucked me, which yeah. were. Uh, you only played one game, haven't you? Yeah, we're fucking good in there. We're a muster. No, just <laughs> just played one game. Um, I'd actually left Chef Wednesday as a schoolboy, as a fifteen-year-old, yeah. to go to Mansfield, and then Chef Wednesday fab. Yeah, Growing so up. I grew up, yeah, so I left there at 15, then they tried to buy me back at 17. Um, like your choice to? To leave, leave. yeah, but I would have got released, because I was going nowhere, I'd had knee problems, I'd had that, I was good slatters, remember oh, that, when yeah. you're like growing pains, when you're like 14, 15? I've seen a porno with him in, I think. <laughs> so I was a good slatter? Yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a couple, but I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> I'll just send it to you. But yeah, so I, I got to move out of, city, uh, out of Mansfield, the city, from, from nowhere, really. So yeah, so I went to Man City, and it was like, wow, I couldn't just couldn't believe it I'd been in the dressing room at Mansfield they were like 15, 16 pros they're all just right, no big hitters really yeah. and then I, you go to Man City you walk in and it's like you know Uwe Rossler and Georgia King Clad's in you're like fucking you know. hell because we were a bit but, of a mess when you got there weren't it? a lot of a mess there were people like Jerry Creaney Neil Heaney Scott Hiley all from they'd had loads of managers in like yeah. two years before I come yeah, so yeah. it stacks up doesn't it and there were some like 53 pros there when I got there and then Big Joe he had the task of sort of Trying to sort it all out, so you know Getting what it's the like. Shit they want, and it, but it was the best thing that could have happened to me, and they got relegated, which was a blessing in disguise for me because it meant, you know, give you a chance, give me a chance, get the sort of the deadwood if you like out the big earners, the ones that have been there on big contracts for a few years, and sort of start from afresh, from sort of like a bit like Sunderland are now, if you like, you yeah. know, you've got to try and clear the decks, aren't you, and go from there. With Joe Royal, good for you then. Brilliant, brilliant. He's my favourite manager I've ever played under. Yeah, it were. Uh, he come in in sort of like February and the two lads who were playing were Tommy Wright, who's manager of St Johnston now, and Martin Margotson. Uh, he got released at the end of the season, Martin, and uh, it were me and Tommy. So I assumed coming back for pre-season, Tommy would get the nod and I'd be number two, which I'd have been happy You'd with, happy you know. With that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, put me straight in and 
sort of never looked back and you know uh, that first season we just just brilliant and it obviously ended sort of with the Wembley thing but that season for Joe to put me in and you know I think I played 55 games that year as my first season and I don't think I ever played that many again in one season yeah. Yeah. that's the thing with keepers it's it's hard to get experience it is there's only one spot in there yeah and if, if other lads mm. are doing well and don't get injured then you've got to wait for your chance so mm. I'll always be grateful to Big Joe for putting me in and he uh, he looked after me and he had a, just a good way about doing things if he'd had not a great game he, he wouldn't really sell it in front of the lads he'd just maybe pull you in weak and yeah, yeah. you know put you out and say hey, don't worry about that you've been brilliant this year or whatever and if you'd had a good game he might not give you too much praise and he'd just walk past you in the corridor in the training ground and just sort of give you a little wink and well done Saturday son and yeah. things like that just meant a lot you know and uh, I, I certainly played my uh, best ever football under Joe I think yeah. Were you old school? Pretty much yeah it, uh, there weren't much fanning about at the back and all that it was just <laughs> you know just get it forward get it over there get it wide <laughs> and get it in but you know we had two back to back promotions which sort of it's very, very rare. My first four seasons playing went up, up, down, up. So that's how it were for me. So my first, so first two years went up, up. I'm thinking, fucking easy, easy, this, this is all right, isn't it? <laughs> and I remember after the second promotion, Ian Bishop, remember Ian Bishop? Yeah. Midfield, a great player, Bishop, great lad as well. And he sat me down and he's saying, uh, you know, you know, enjoy these times. You don't come around, every, you know, very often and all that. Make sure you enjoy it. I'm thinking, fuck off. What's he you know like? You know, <laughs> fucking dinosaur. This is how it is. <laughs> and then we got, we went up to Premier League, and we, you know, we soon come down to a band. We got relegated, and uh, you know, but it, it was just fantastic because, and it, I think the City fans now, when they look back, it certainly weren't boring. And yeah. I think they still got a few songs they sing about where Them they were days. then. Yeah, the Invisible Man and all that. And were we in that playoff final? I'll be 20. So when I started so season 19 and play final with 20. Yeah. Were you red on it for that penalty shootout? What do you mean? Wait, wait a minute. What, what a fucking question. <laughs> what? Were you, it's 20 and all. Well, playing at Wembley in the playoff final. Were you red on it? Well, no, he didn't give a fuck. No, but did, were you shitting yourself a bit? Or yeah. penalty shootout, 20 year old, final. It's, it's on your shoulders as a keeper, isn't it? Yeah, nah, I mean. It's no, there's no pressure for keepers. If they don't save it, you don't, fucking, you don't give them a fucking deal. There were pressure on us going to Wembley. Because we're only playing Gillingham, they're sort of that's probably where they are in it, League Two, League One, whatever. Obviously, we're City. We had to get out at first attempt. So going into it, there was a lot of pressure, a lot of expectation. Uh, we took sort of forty thousand down from Manchester, um, and we sort of knew we had to win. Because you know what it's like if you don't get out at the first attempt, it's it hard. Harder. It gets harder. Leeds have done it. A club like City as well. Yeah, it's, and we were like everybody's scalp. So it's you know. City coming to town and everyone wants to sort of raise the game, bit of a cup final, bumper crowd for everybody. Obviously, when we got there, the... the uh, 2-0 down with 10 minutes to go? 2-0 down. Um, Carlos Arbor scored for them on about 82. So you're thinking, fucking hell, here we go. And then Bob Taylor, he scored on like 87. So you're absolutely gone. And then Kev, Kev Orlock scored in like 90th minute. And it was a decent finish, to be fair. But the City ended at half half empty because they'd all gone yeah. and so when Kev scored there weren't really any celebrations from anyone it was just our consolation and, and that sort of it and then biggest thing were after Kev's goal uh, Mark Olsey who was referee he signalled over to the fourth official there were five minutes of injury time there'd never been five minutes probably <laughs> about two or three yeah. Yeah. I've still got, I got image him he had a Tony Pulis he was Gillingham manager he's going fucking mental I can imagine he's going ballistic on touchline this footage of it he's going Fuck mad off. at the official and yeah. all this where's five minutes come from and all this um, anyway and you know Paul Dickoff who missed a few chances that day it sort of fell to him and Vince Bartram who were in their goal was his best man at his wedding so <laughs> and Vince had made some good saves off Dickie and he probably thought it weren't going to be his day and one sort of fell to him and uh, he slotted it in top corner and so everyone went wild all City fans then started running back in <laughs> um, and so that's two all and you're like fucking hell so extra time sort of come and went and I can't really remember much about it and it's uh, like I say just come and went and then we're into penalties so as a keeper you're thinking well I fancy this and big thing going into penalties were toss of the coin which end it's going to be it's going to be the City end so no disrespect to the Gillingham players they weren't sort of big game players yeah. I must have suddenly looked a bit bigger and goal must have looked a bit smaller um, I managed to save one uh, first one which sort of puts them right on the back yeah. foot yeah. and uh, people actually forget Paul Dickoff missed his penalty yeah it both post didn't it it both post and come out so and I, speak to, I spoke to Kevin Orlock recently who scored our 
But so he scored his penalty and scored, and nobody really mentions Kev. Where <laughs> Dicky missed his penalty, but scored yeah, the equaliser, yeah. and you know Dicky's sort of famous for that. Yeah. So, so I don't think Kev's too happy about it. But yeah, um, it come round to to sort of Guy Butters coming up for them left side of centre half, and I said to the linesman, "If I save this, is that it?" He went, "Yep." Were it Eddie Pennock? Eddie Pennock put his wide. Because I, 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 he was my manager at Forest Green and I, I used to fucking pillock him about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If he hadn't worked me, I'd say, shut up your fucking shit. They man. took four, they only scored one. Yeah, I, I just, saved two and they put one wide. I said, shut up your shit, man, you missed your fucking penalty at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, don't fucking start quitting for me. <laughs> Did you play much under him? Yeah, yeah, every, every game. He took, he, good, he took it in good spirit. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, and then it come, I said to Lino, if I save this, is that it? He went, yeah. I said, you sure? He went, yeah. Anyway, I saved it and I... Uh, that iconic celebration. Yeah, you pulled the face. Right. That royalties. I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> I've never pulled it before. I've never pulled never it since. You've never run as fast either since, have you? Megatonic kicked it. Yeah, and then I just, I waved the lads over and I sort of had this like, like electricity running through my body and I thought, I don't want it to end. So I sort of opt off at advertising boards as it could have went with. <laughs> Ran round track back over <laughs> and, and big Andy Morrison got hold of it and I was fucked let me tell you <laughs> and the uh, last thing I wanted was a 20 man pile on that's exactly what happened and you know I couldn't get enough I couldn't get any air in my lungs and I was oh must have been hyperventilating under there but it would it would just looking back now just brilliant memories and just a great occasion every time I, you know I still do bits and bobs over at Man City and every time I go that's all people want to talk to me at that day and say oh yeah. and everyone's got their own little stuff well we left and then we ran back, back in, in and some people got in the car and went didn't even turn radio on and, and got off with M6 before they realised what had happened so everyone's got their own stories and it was just uh, things couldn't get any worse for us than they were and that almost the first rung in the ladder to, to get back yeah. into the you know big time if you like do you have a good drink after it do you have a You'll be disappointed, Parker, because I didn't. I was absolutely bollocks. I just... What, tired? Oh, I was <laughs> fucked. I must admit, though, afterwards... I was surprised you two laps around, <laughs> I just didn't know what date were. I was just bollocks. I met up for it next week or two. I like. can imagine. So that night, I just I just went home and I just... Oh, I was just shagged, basically. And then the day after, I went on a session and it lasted a few days. And <laughs> it took sort of all summer to come down because it was just... And it never really sunk in for weeks and months really and it's, I think it's only when you finish your career and sort of look back that you sort of pre- and I was young at times so you just think ah oh, this is sort of how it is yeah. this is just normal football yeah but it weren't because it was just just sort of the best time of my life you know and um, and to end my first season like that was just brilliant so Shane Brownie's not here because he, he has said you, you were the drunkest man he's ever seen yeah, I can vouch for that as well. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd go along with that. In, uh, in, in Dublin. Dublin? Yeah, I'd had a few. That were a few God. years later than that. But yeah, I'd, uh, I can honestly say since that day, I've never had a pint of Guinness since. Have you not? <laughs> it was just slipping down <laughs> a little did bit. Them 40, too. Did them 43 put <laughs> you off it? I'll give it a good one. i give it a good one. Well, we'd been out. It was Christmas do at Chef Wednesday, and we'd been out. We flew straight to Dublin. You lot right there with Preston, weren't you? Yeah. And uh, we'd flown straight out. I'm rooming with Tommy Miller. And, uh, and Tommy likes a drink Tommy and fucking hell he can drink Jesus yeah. so we've gone out banging Guinness down like there's no tomorrow I think I must have fell asleep in a nightclub or something and then I sort of wakes up cleaners kicking me out sort of thing I'm sort of stumbling out streets of Dublin trying to bring myself together gets back into the hotel there's these two Irish lads I'm on my own all lads had long gone so managed to find my way back to the hotel there's these two Irish lads trying to get a drink in the hotel and barman say oh you know you've got to be a resident Sorry, lads, I can't serve you. I thought, ah, I'll help him out to you. So like, yeah, lads, I'll have a pint with you. So I said, three pints of Guinness to kick off with. <laughs> so I've had a couple with these Irish lads. Before you know it, it's fucking light and it's, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, whatever. So I've had a few more with them. They're a bit pissed now. I'm fucking double pissed. And then I think we had to meet at like 11 down in fancy dress. So it gets to, I don't know, 10 half 10. Lads start sort of rolling down in the fancy dress. <laughs> and they're like, fucking pissed. Still in your gear from... Still in my gear from night before. <laughs> Looking kebab down one arm, all that sort of game, you know. And uh, banging Guinness down. And I remember saying to Chris Sedgwick, come down. I went, Sedge, have a look at that. Showed him the pines of Guinness. I went, have a good look at it because you're not going to see it in a minute. I just went bang and dropped it straight down hatch. And uh, I just, for some reason, I just kept doing it. <laughs> and, you know, like, because it started a routine. Every yeah. person who came down, watch this. Watch, watch this. this. <laughs> and like, you know, like, lads are like laughing. And you, then you're like in a bit of show off mood, aren't you? And I'm fucking, I don't. Don't know what planet it were anyway, and uh, so I kept banging them down anyway. 
I eventually got up to my room, gets my fancy dress on, and we've gone to this pub. What were you? It, we, had, someone, we had to buy each other gear, so I just got dressed up in like some old shitty gear that someone had bought from a charity shop. Yeah. And uh, a bit like Parky is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like Parky, but a bit smarter. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so we, we ended up going into, we went to Old Dubliner. Old Dubliner. So we met up Preston lads in Old Dubliner, so I've been told, because my memory's a little bit... This is yeah, yeah. quarter past 11, Sunday morning. Right. So we're in Old Dublin and like said, just go, yeah, Weaves, here's another one. And, you know, and he's like, that's <laughs> making you one. Go show Weaves your Guinness. Weaves, show him your trick. Weaves. <laughs> Parker, come and have a look at Weaves. You know Weaves, don't Bring you? Bring that Guinness with you. Yeah. Bring that Guinness with so you. So one of them, you had to change your barrel about four times, man. <laughs> so I kept doing it. Fuck, I don't know how I kept doing it. But he obviously just, no real fist of Guinness, is there? Right. Don't make your burp bro. does he? It just like slips down. And, um, I kept doing it, and Darren Purser said to Sedge, I'm going to have to take him back to the hotel in a bit. <laughs> and Sedge, no, he's all right, it's leave right. him. He's all right, leave him. But he were, up to his waist, his, his legs were obviously straight, and then his waist, from his waist, he was sort of at a, probably a, a 45 degree angle, but backwards. I would define <laughs> so, gravity at so this point, I think. He stood up like, and, and he's not dropping a drop of Guinness, not a bit on the floor. <laughs> so it must have got to what? Must have only been in there half an hour, an hour. So I remember said 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 to me, he says, I can't remember this at this point. He says, you've walked around corners if you're going for a piss. And he said, suddenly, you've had some of a cartoon where I've gone around corner, then I must have fell into, must have been must have been serving food. I've fallen into knives and forks and all Blokes come round kicking off, saying, you're going to have to take him on. He's all right, mate, he's all right, mate. We'll sort him out for you. So by this time, Darren Purse is getting a bit agitated to do a captain. And a uh, little bit sensible person, you know what I mean? All oh, lads are going, no, he's alright, person. <laughs> anyway, I'll always be grateful to Percy because he did eventually take me home. And uh, it must have been about half one, two o'clock. It and was earlier than that. It was half I walk 12. up at four o'clock next morning <laughs> when Tommy Miller were coming in from Sunday night. <laughs> but I didn't know I'd been out on Sunday. So I'd only thought I'd been out one night. So Tommy's come in and he's kebab. You still, you still thought you got a night out, yeah. didn't you? So I'm like thinking, fucking hell, what time is it? It's going, fucking hell, we'll be flying. And I'm thinking, and I'd lost a day of my life. <laughs> I looked at my phone, fucking hell, there's like 200 missed calls, texters. I'm thinking, fucking hell. <laughs> I've not been in touch with our lass or anyone. We just had my little girl, we only little, you know, she was a few months old. Well, I spoke to her in the airport going out Saturday night. Next thing I'm phoning her Monday morning. <laughs> She's been ringing hospitals in Dublin. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I'm alright, look. <laughs> Just had a bit of a longer kip than I imagined. And uh, fucking fresh as a daisy, love. Yeah, but fucking, and I've never had a pint of Guinness since. It sort of scared me, because I got taste to it. And, I, and obviously, lads are egging me on and all that. You know what it's like when you're in mood Christmas, and we just won an all on Saturday, so you're sort of buzzing. Yeah. We've got Monday off. All oh, lads are buzzing. Oh, Preston, lads are there. 12,000 calories as well. Yeah. Don't worry about that, though, do you? <laughs> he never did. That's like, I've still done. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I never had a pint of Guinness after that. And I've been to Dublin a good few times. It were one of the drunkest I've ever seen anybody. That's drunk as I've ever been. And I've been drunk a few times. Like, proper. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it, uh, it sort of scared me a bit, to be fair. So I sort of toned it down to idiot-like for the next, for the next couple of months after that. A bit of a quiet Christmas and then picked up in February. <laughs> <laughs> Were there some drinkers in that city team? In the city team, yeah. I mean, when I first now a young lad, uh, we'd go out like all day session. We're good at races and things like that at Chester. And... Um, you know, Saturday nights they'd be like, you know, Michael Brown were there, Jeff Whitley, myself, Lee, you, a lot of younger lads there coming yeah. through. So you'd go out quite a bit, um, but sort of, and it was all right then, it was just seen as sort of team spirit like, you know. Yeah. And then um, I got a little bit older and we signed Steve Howie. Remember Steve Howie's played for yeah. Newcastle, yeah. good player, Steve. I played for England, Steve, good player. And he was the first one who sort of went out in day, just on a normal Monday afternoon. Normally, you might go out on a Tuesday a bit early if you had Wednesday off. Yeah. We didn't really matter with Steve. So I sort of, I was young, single, lived on my own. I had nobody to keep me in, you know what I mean? So I started going out a bit and Paul Dickoff had come and, you know, Ian Bishop, Tommy Wright. So, you know, some senior guys. And you started getting a gathering together. Yeah. And that, you know, we'd signed Richard Dunn by this time. He was, was partial to a drink as well. <laughs> and, you know, and it sort of, before you know it, you're getting into a bit of a routine here. But you're winning and it's good team spirit and all that. Um, Monday afternoon club. Fucking hell. It started on it. It was Saturday night club to <laughs> Wednesday night club. You know, I mean, I mean, like Jeff Whitley, for example, I've been out with Jeff on a Saturday night. He's coming in training Monday with the same gear on. 
And you're thinking, fucking hell. I mean, Jeff ended up having some a lot of problems with alcohol and drugs and everything. Um, you don't mind me saying, because he, he goes around doing talks about it all now to, to young players. Um, but yeah, but, but before you know it, a sort of little drink culture sort of Start got in there. Up. And while you're winning, it's fine. It's classed as good team spirit. Mm. Um, but ultimately, we got relegated from Premier League and, and Joe sort of lost his job. And it come out in press about there was a drink culture at the club and all this and... Were you, were you aware of it, George? Yeah, and it probably got a little bit out of hand um, and we got relegated. So then it gets, Joe loses his job and it gets, like I said, two years before when we are winning, we got promoted the year before when we weren't expected to and it was oh, great team spirit, great yeah. bunch of lads and that spirit carries you through and all that. So suddenly, there's a drink drink culture and Kevin Keegan come in and, and tried to sort of sort it all a, out. Did, but, he, did he come in with a, an iron fist because of uh, that? Or? He obviously knew. I always felt when Kevin Keegan come, he, he wanted like, you know, he, he was signing players like Nicholas and Elka. He didn't want people who, like yeah. yourself and, and your Richard Dunn's knocking about, if you like, who maybe, we weren't a bad influencer, don't get me wrong, but we just, Johnson. we'd been in a team that had come through having a good time with lads. And he, he then, Keegan started signing like, a few foreign players and they're not into that. And, you know, a lot of French, French-African lads and that. And it's just, then the dressing room sort culture. of split a little bit then. Yeah. They become a little bit of a French side. And, a bit, and it's just how it is. And, and it just evolved like that. But, but certainly under Joe, we had some, you know, we had some, some good trips abroad and stuff <laughs> and all that. Anything uh, that you can elaborate on? I, I remember, I think it were in, so we'd, after, the year after Wembley, we'd, I think we must have got knocked out of FA Cup and we had a free week, you know, in that like January, early February. So it's always, it's never a bad thing to get knocked out at third round of FA Cup, <laughs> is it, John? <laughs> <laughs> right, lads, <laughs> oh, it, it took me fucking 13 games to get to third round. <laughs> <laughs> and they fucking all right. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so we've gone to Lanzarote one, uh, I think it was February, and we're doing really well in the league. So we've got there, and he's like, it's not a piss up, lads, it's a training camp. When really you're thinking, nah, it's a piss up. <laughs> so we get there on Thursday. We forgot we flew really early on Thursday. He's like, no one has a drink before six o'clock. No one. Meet you in bar, we'll have a meal together, I'll buy you all your first drink, but no one has a drink before six o'clock. So next minute, Ian Bishop's come round, bit of a whip round. He's gone to the supermarket. It was about half ten in the morning, he's walking round pool with a shopping trolley full of ale. <laughs> what? Literally with the trolley? Yeah, with trolley. <laughs> <laughs> so he's walking round with a shopping trolley full of ale. Joe Roll walks round the corner. We're, we're hiding in something, Kitman's room like Carting with trolley? Yeah. So Big Joe's gone, fucking hell, bish. Think Big Joe's just gone, your timing whenever the best bitch now, fuck off. So bitch <laughs> he's fucking like scooting around Paul into Kitman's room and we just spent all day in Kitman's room. So he turns up at six o'clock for this meal and nobody meant to have a drink. Fucking hell. Lads are fucking oh, plasters out, they've got silly sombrero hats on. <laughs> you know what it's like. And uh, yeah, and then he's like that. Your first night, right lads, everyone in for midnight. Training it morning, everyone in for midnight. Yeah, gaffer, no problem, gaffer. Fuck, I fucking ram your food down as quick as you can, don't you? <laughs> you don't want to eat it, do you? <laughs> you do that every meal time, don't you? But, so bang, we straight out, damn, fucking Veronica's and all that in it. And, and uh, we fucking stay out till fucking three, four, five o'clock, lads coming in, fucking falling asleep in reception, also. Next morning, we had to be on the coach at, said, nine o'clock. Fucking just about made it. Our room in my Lee Crooks, we just made it onto the coach. And um, Crooks is a good lad. Crooks is a great lad. We used to have club sandwich eating competitions in the room on the way. <laughs> club sandwich eating competitions. What, so you can eat them all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what record? Fucking hell. It had me part to see physio or something. I just I come back in and go, I've just had one. I'm that bastard. Can I have a club sandwich, please? <laughs> no chips, just a sandwich. Six or night before the game. Club seven. You fucking put half a stone on that before the game. Club sandwich eating competition. But you know what it's like, you're young and daft, aren't you? You just, I'm not saying we thought it was a norm, but. Play for the club. So, so yeah, next morning we gets on this coach, fucking hell, in a right pickle. Ian Bishop gets on for training. Big Joe must have been like, fucking hell. Ian Bishop got on in a dressing gown to go training. Like, fucking hell. So we got like a 20 minute drive to this running track and you know it's like your belly's going to think why didn't I just go to bed at 12 or whatever <laughs> and then we got on this running track and we had to do something like we did a bit of a warm up and like, yeah, I thought you just think right half an hour get through it and then you're done aren't you 
back on piss. <laughs> so he just didn't get through it. So we started off on this. And do you remember Tony Grant, midfielder, played at Everton, come to City? Did he end up Norwich manager? No, that was Peter Grant. Peter Grant. That must have been his uncle Peter. <laughs> but now, so Tony Grant, great lad, midfielder, good player, really technical player. But he'd been out, I think, later than us all. So he starts off on this first lap and Grant, he looked like Rodney Trotter. <laughs> and there... Uh, we're running around this track and there's a, a little like shed where they keep all the equipment inside this running track. So after halfway out first lap, Grant is opting shed. <laughs> We've done another seven and a half laps. And Grant is <laughs> dropped onto the back at Groom. <laughs> Big Joe ends on finish line. We're well done, lads, well done. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. <laughs> Grant just sort of chucked a bit of water on himself giving it all that and Big Joe, Big Joe never the, none the wiser but again next night no drinking before six and it, this was sort of common theme every night so every night coming in at all so managed to sort of you get to end at week you're like it's like a five day stag do yeah. a little bit of training so a, yeah, a bit of inconvenience in the middle <laughs> you sort of get through it don't you and then at last night he's giving you've been brilliant this week lads absolutely fantastic any bother acting on it you can go out to that start till what time you want <laughs> I didn't fucking bother going out I'm dead at 10 o'clock bollocks you didn't want it did you man <laughs> Exactly and I remember situation. we come back on something like Wednesday and we played Notts Forest away on Saturday and we won 3-1 away at Forest which was a tough place to go at that time and it was just brilliant you know because the net worse of going on a mid-season trip coming back and getting yeah. beat yeah. and it's like you know he's got managers then got a seat chairman and oh what have they been doing in yeah. Lanzarote yeah, 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 yeah. and all this so yeah it was great and obviously we went up that season so, so it's a team building exercise then, absolutely isn't it? Yeah. and uh, but yeah we were uh, it was fantastic and you know a great trip we had then and uh, we went on to that was February I think we went on to promotion end of the season yeah. so it was fantastic what were um, Stuart Pearce like when he'd come in he... well he first come as a player yeah um, Kevin Keegan first signing he met Stuart Pearce uh, so it was like sort of I'll never forget first time I ever played with Pearce we were playing in a pre-season friendly at Halifax and I I was going to say I caught across them but I wanted them at ball in my hands <laughs> And I've rolled it out of the pace left back slot. And I've put it slightly behind him. I'm talking half a yard. He's turned around and gave me the biggest roast. Hey, you, you fucking make sure you put it in front of me next time. And he'd give me that growl that he gives. And I'm thinking, fucking hell. <laughs> I never rolled it behind him again, let me tell you. But he, uh, but he was good. So he came as a player um, and he played... 40 games or something like that's year as, yeah. as a 39, 40 year old yeah, yeah. and his legs had gone a little bit but it was great to sort of play in the same team Look, and he, were, he didn't go out to warm up he'd sort of stand in there in the dressing room like fucking heading a few against wall growling at himself in the mirror and all that and then he'd get it tunnel, wouldn't look at anyone he'd be fucking like right on it and uh, it was great to sort of play with someone who I'd grew up watching play for England and, yeah, yeah. and all that but i never forget last game of the season playing Portsmouth at home with 4-0 up it's 90th minute, we get a penalty, Stuart Pearce is on 99 career goals. So he's taking penalty, Dave Bessant's in goal for Portsmouth, and Dave Bessant says to Pearce, I'm going to stand still. So put it where you want, I'm not going to die. <laughs> he's fucking gone for stand, Shaddy Pearce, and put it high and wide. So <laughs> he, ended up, he ended up getting stuck on 99 career goals when the goalkeeper weren't going to fucking die. So, and then... Uh, so, you think fair play from Dave Besson yeah. though yeah, yeah. Let, let him get his under but, but he's gone for a bit of glory and he? he's gone for top corner and um, and yeah then he become a coach for a few years and I sort of he used to live up there because he was based down in Wiltshire had some big like farm in Wiltshire so he was sort of based up there in a hotel little apartment on his own I lived on my own so he'd sometimes said do you want to come to a concert like so I'd, yeah alright so I remember going to watch Status Quo with him 
Because there was a bit of a rock up here, sir. So I went, and, uh, so I went to watch status quo with him and Oasis and one or two others. And, uh, you didn't like a drink? Not really, no. I think he did in his younger days, but not really. Um, I think he just sort of... No, he didn't. Take really. it or leave it. Yeah, and he left it most of the time. When he was, I think he did in his younger days, but he didn't wheels. And uh, I went to dog racing with him a few times. And then I remember going to this little festival with a couple of my pals. And Stranglers were on. And I've sort of wandered down towards near Mosh Pier at, at Lancashire Cricket Ground. And so I went, here's Pearce, I'll have a look round. And he's in Mosh Pit, like, <laughs> growling, like, fucking heads rocking, he's on his own. I'm thinking, fucking So I'm like, I don't know, I'm gone. You're all right, Stu, he's gone, all right, son. And he's like, growling <laughs> again, carrying on in Mosh Pit. And Stranglers were his uh, favourite band. And I said, oh, have you seen them before? He went, it's my 77th time. <laughs> and he's looking like that. I don't my mates are thinking fucking what a boy you know he's fucking England legend he's there growling at front of Mosh Pit and it was 77 time watching Stranglers but he, he were mates with them all and... gig buddies then with him yeah I went to a few with him not loads um, and we used to go to dogs on a Tuesday night sometimes at Speedway Yeah. just for, just for something to do because I was like you know young single lad so I didn't have any ties I could do what I wanted when I wanted and Pierce up here on his own I'm not saying we were like best buddies we weren't but yeah. we went Can out you on a seven drink at the dogs no, not really. No? No. And uh, have a couple at a concert or whatever, but that were, were sort of... It, it weren't that sort of... It weren't that sort of guy, basically. Yeah. But if I, he's a great fellow. And then he become manager. So Kevin Keegan got sacked. Um, he'd been there four and a half years, Keegan, I think. And he was the longest manager I'd ever... But I'd been injured most of the time under him. We sort of prime years and sort of took away. I didn't play for like three years. I played one game in three years, yeah. I think. So it sort of altered me sort of peak years, sort of like 23 to 26, 27. I, I barely played, and that was most of the time when Kevin Keegan were there. And I got fit under Stuart Pearce, and uh, you know I played, and he'd signed um, Andreas Isaacson, Swedish international. And uh, I'm thinking, fucking hell, I just signed two and a half million. We've got David James at the club, Joe Hart, yeah. we just signed, so I'm thinking, fucking hell, all right, here I am, sort of like third, fourth choice. So this Isaacson signs one particular day, Stuart Pearce manager, Isaacson. I walked in from training, there's this big fucker in. I think who's that fucker? <laughs> and I thought, it's fucking the Isaacson Swedish goalie. I thought, this is all we fucking need, isn't it? I've got David James, who's like number one, and if you're at a club with David James, he plays and that's it, because he were that good, and you know, that's just how it were with JMO. And then you got Joe Hart and Casper Schmeichel sort of on your coattails, yeah. and we just signed this other lad, so I'm thinking, it's fucking marvellous, this, isn't it? <laughs> and um, anyway, next day, David James got sold to Portsmouth. Joe Hart was sort of up and coming, so he weren't really a massive Quiet. threat to me at that time. So I'm thinking, well, I'll go into season's number two. I can sort of live with that from where I'd been. Yeah. Anyway, season day before the season started, Andreas did something to his ankle or his calf or something. And uh, anyway, I played next game, next day. Were he any good that? Were he any good at goalkeeping? Ah, he fucking better than me. <laughs> <laughs> but he had about hundred, ended up with about 125 caps for Sweden. Which 125 more than I got. <laughs> but uh, but yes, yeah, so I played. And then to be fair, I started off season alright and Pearcey left me in. And to be fair to him, he changed it in about February. I had a little dip in form. Uh, well, a big dip really, but <laughs> we'll call it a little dip. And and so I'll always be grateful for Pearcey for sort of for sticking by me. Because he were only out for a few weeks, Andreas, and he come back fit and he left him on bench to be fair. And, and Pearcey, you know, were great. And, uh, See, it was worth going to them fucking concerts, weren't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> You'll never forget that fucking, fucking status quo <laughs> one. <laughs> you listen to some shit music, but it was fucking worth it in the long run. <laughs> Wish I'd have gone to a few more now. <laughs> Wish I'd have gone to them 77 Stranglers ones with him. Did you train much with Pete Schmeichel? Yeah, I was injured. Fucking Pete didn't fucking train much, let me tell you. Uh, But great fella. Absolute cracking fella. The sort of presence of him and the awe around him. And I mean, he come, he was bloody 39, bless him. Um, They just used to sort of wheel him out on a Saturday. And Pete, you were just a colossus, Pete. I'm so glad I got opportunity to train with him and sort of get to know him and that. He was a great fella. Um, and, and he retired at end of the season. They'd been great for us. And then uh, David Seaman come to you after that. And fucking he, hell, you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Were you wheeling him in from fucking old people's <laughs> up? Oh, yeah. Some shadows, man. Fucking hell. Anyway, Dave come. Who, who were best? They were different. You know, com- com- Dave were like. I remember his first game, Seaman, his in tunnel, and referee said to him, Is this when he got the ponytail back? Yeah. Right? Oh, so he's like, Two in goal. Twiddling ponytail. Yeah. Referee said, When goal is in tunnel, he always asks. Ref always says, do you want to touch it ball? To have a little feel for your gloves and that. 
He said to Dave, do you want to touch Dave? He's going, no, 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 no. He won't want to touch though. He might be seeing it more than me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in that big Yorkshire voice he had and that big, <laughs> like a Santa Claus laugh, weren't it? And uh, yeah, but he was brilliant, Dave. He uh, just just a cracking, cracking fella. Unfortunately, he'd sort of probably just packed, well, a lot, but he was 39, 40 at the time. He ended up finishing with a, with a shoulder injury at sort of Christmas. Um... But again, so to play with, so it went from Schmeichel to Seaman, then we signed David James. Yeah. So it was like to work with sort of them three, it was all totally different, but yet. What did JMO like? I used to get on great with JMO. Yeah. Not great, great. I weren't like buzz and buddies, but no, I liked JMO. No I could sort of handle him. Not handle him, because he fucking did what he wanted and he just sort of went along with it, because he was. But we had a Dutch guy called Ronald Vatterhouse, who was later probably more famous playing at Rangers, Dutch goalie. And he, me and him would be stood out there with Tim Flowers, goalie coach, and then Jamie would come walking out with his Lucasade bottle full of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Big fucking Lucasade water bottle full of coffee. And uh, Ronald had this really deep accent, the Dutch accent. He'd go, Weaves, the, uh, the king is coming, so when he comes, we have to talk about what he wants to talk about. I'd <laughs> <laughs> like coming. Yeah. So we used to call this guy, Ronald, like Ronnie's from Donny. <laughs> this, uh, this Donny, what is it? So we said, place called Doncaster, but we call it Donny, so Ronnie from Donny is good. I'm thinking this Donny is a bit of a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're thinking? Well, you're probably not far off, pal. <laughs> and it was a great one. But he couldn't handle JMO. Because, like, oh, we've got to talk about what he wants to talk about. Too serious. And, yeah, but I just fucking if JMO want to talk about something, okay, I couldn't give him. I just get on with everyone, me, you know what I mean? But, did uh, he, did, right about him used to sleep in his car and stuff like that. I think he had, like, that sleep problem where he wakes up. I heard a story that Liverpool signed a player called Torben Picnic. And, uh, Fallback, I think, and he was rooming with JMO. So his first away trip is a walking at four o'clock in the morning with JMO on the top of him, strangling him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, JMO is a big, imposing figure, a big, big man. You yeah. won't want to. You won't want him over you for it. Fucking hell, you won't want to clop a left hand off him. I'd rather him fucking choking me, choking me, yeah. than fucking throwing it up me. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me tell you, no. He'll pack in 12 dance loggies. Don't want it behind here for a pencil. <laughs> God knows what he fed it on me. We're like a fucking football site. <laughs> <laughs> I won't get it shower next to JMO. He had everything that I didn't. You know what I mean? He just had muscles coming out. He had, as you can imagine, he had the lot like. And he was so talented. Soup. If you could design a goalie, yeah. it would be JMO. It was some days they just could not get the ball past him. So again, he could drop a ballot though, couldn't he? We all can, can't we? Well, can't um... drop fucking more than most, but <laughs> he could, yeah. So you'd sort of, you know, mentally he probably could have been better. He'll probably admit that himself. But as an actual talent, I don't think there's been a better one myself. But so it was great at City for two years. Go on, so sorry. David James better than Schmeichel. If you can imagine Schmeichel in his pomp, I'd say no, because for me, Schmeichel was changed the face of goalkeeping forever. But David James in his pomp was just when he had certain spells at Liverpool, it was brilliant. Two and a half years he had at City, it was brilliant. It was England's number one. Um, and then he went to Portsmouth and he did great at Portsmouth for a couple of years. You have a problem with computer games? Jamie, he yeah. was one of them, yeah. Yeah, he was a bit crap at FIFA. I was saying to him, like, start you I said, you're right. He went, oh, I was up until four this morning. So what are you doing? He's like, logging me gloves. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, gloves, I've got to log them and put them in my little pigeonholes and all that sort of thing so I think he collected stuff and he yeah, was into yeah. art and he'd think nothing of sort of staying up all night on computer games and, and all that sort of stuff but he's a good lad Jamo I sort of got on with him and if I ever bump into him now not very often to be fair it's always sort of good to see him but uh, but yes yeah, so I went and had a string of three fantastic goalkeepers to sort of to learn from and, and, and they were Joe Hart and Casper Schmeichel sort of bubbling under as well at the time so them five goalkeepers I worked with there were sort of Five at sort of best about. Did you see promising Casper Schwartz? Like, uh, did you see him? No. Being yeah, I did. I did. No, I didn't. You know, sometimes you don't. It's a big about shadow, it. isn't yeah. it? I suppose to yeah. follow it. And he always like he lived in his dad's shadow, which you're gonna know. His dad's one of the greatest goalkeepers of all time. Um, and Casper, if I be honest with you, I thought Casper would be like a championship goalie. Yeah. But what he did, he worked his bollocks off, and he just got better and better. He dropped down. He went to Notts County. Ended up at Leeds. Left Barry for a bit. Yeah, he went alone to Barry, alone to Falkirk, Coventry, alone to loads of places. He wanted to play football and he ended up going to Leicester and he just got better and better. And so pleased with him because he's a great lad, but everything he's got has been down to hard work. 
Um, and it, you know he's turned into one of the best keepers in Premier League. It's Danish number one. He's won Premier League. So you know you could see Joe. And if you'd have said to me, "Is Joe Hart going to have seventy or England caps?" I don't think you can say that when someone's eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. But you can see they're going to have. You never know how far they're going to go. But you know Joe was very, very talented. And Casper as well. But Casper's work ethic was. He used to get angry with himself, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he demanded sort of stuff we should have got from his dad. You know. Yeah. What about? Um Joey Barton, did you get on with Joey? <laughs> I got on with Joey, yeah. Yeah. Joey. Did you see him going in management? Uh, I've probably seen him going into politics more than one bit, but yeah, Joey, a great lad, Joey. I got a lot of time with Joey. Always got on great with Joey, really did. He just did stupid stuff. Were you he, there with, on the, the cigar? I was stood next to him, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I fucking lit it for him. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled Zippo, I did trick with Zippo here, pal. <laughs> Ask, so yeah, trailer, I was dressed as Ali G. <laughs> <laughs> Joey was dressed as John Lennon, I think. I was dressed as Ali G, so I got like fucking stupid hat on, goggles, fucking gold shell suit, we all fucking jewelry yeah. and all that shit. Like. And uh, a young kid called Jamie Tandy, who was a youth team player, he was a really good kid. He never went on to do anything, I don't think. Went to play like local non-league sort of stuff. And he uh, early on in the night, Joey had had a lighter and tried to set fire. Tandy would come as office and a gentleman, Richard Gear would yeah. Joey tried to set fire to the back of tail of his of his jacket sort of thing. So anyway, Tandy's like, oh fuck off Joey, whatever. And four to five hours had passed and about twelve pints. And uh Tandy thought, I'll get him back here. So Tandy's tried to set Joey's alight. And Joey had a cigar on. So as Joey's turned round, seeing what Tandy's doing, he's just gone bosh, cigar straight in his eye. You can even hear tss. You know, you're like, fuck it, hell. Everyone's like, fuck it, hell. And it's like, Tandy's a bit too far, Joe. Yeah. A bit too far. Yeah. <laughs> but you sort of, I'm thinking, fucking it, And like, it's a bit of a commotion. Lads are fucking getting off Joey. Tandy's wanting to chill. And Tandy's sort of thinking, this could be serious, this. Um, I think he lost his sight for fucking a little bit. I don't know. He might have sort of tried to make a bit more at it. And then obviously, the big sort of debacle come after it all went in sort of papers. And I think, Afterwards, but again, it was that were typical Joey. Like Joey'd be fine and just do something daft. Yeah. And uh, I remember coming into training once with a fucking this gun, like a a gun, like ah, like a fucking, <laughs> like a, it weren't a pellet, it was like a fucking rifle thing. So he walks into the dressing room. What you thinking? Oh, for fuck's sake! If you want anyone to have a rifle, it in him. <laughs> so he fired it at someone's locker, and I'm thinking, fucking had enough here. So I fucked off out. Then we're dicking about with it outside, and then Ben Thatcher. Fucking hell, what a boy. I'll come on to him in a minute. <laughs> and, um, we could have an old programme on him. <laughs> and Ben Thatcher's driving out of training ground. He's got his shades on. And uh, he's just his arm resting on windows. He's driving out. And fucking Joey Barton's about 30 yards away. He's gone bosh. Shot at him. And just under the door handle. So his arm's resting on, on that sill where yeah. that window would be. Window down. It's pierced first skin at the car. And, uh, got, and fuck, if it had been... Eight, 12 inch higher he took on his eye or something yeah, yeah. and fucking that just kicking off and <laughs> but that was just Joey just did sort of daft daft stuff um, so, so he shot at one of his teammates shot at one of his teammates ah, I think I've seen him do well I mean I, I would hear when he bloody he beat Usman Darbo up you remember that one yeah yeah he give him I thought he fucking killed him who's Usman Darbo Usman we signed him from Lazio and uh, big signing French international and then a bit of pushing and shoving in training and it kicked off, and then Joey just went, <laughs> bosh, and Usman's on floor. He's still fuck, going. Oh, and lads eventually dragged him off. I mean, you've seen plenty of scuffles in training, haven't you? But this one, it weren't really a scuffle, it was just bang, 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 see you later. And it just happened so quick, and i never forget, a family had won a competition to come and watch us in. <laughs> Stood about ten yards, just Joey's <laughs> knocking, <laughs> yeah, knocking fucking Usman Darbo's head off. <laughs> and you're thinking, fuck. No. Anyway, Pierce at manager, he sent Joey home, and uh, he never played at the club again. It was towards end of the season, so they suspended him. Then he went for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that that's not my that's not Joey that I know. Like Joey was a good lad. One thing that Joey did was trained his bollocks off. He zapped everything out of his career. You know, he played for England when. There's a lot more talented players yep. not played for England, um, but he sapped everything out. And he was a good, good lad. Worked hard. He just he's very opinionated. Got a short fuse and uh, and a decent fucking right up bit. Yeah, it. and loved the cigar <laughs> one particular <laughs> night. But he weren't a drinker or nothing, Joey. Could he rub people up wrong way? You yeah, have a like him or you? Yeah, a little bit. And I think as he got older, like he's an intelligent kid. Obviously, you know, 
just a, just a scouser, just a just just a good lad. Yeah. And you know, I, I got on great with Joey, and he just that's it. He's a good lad, just did daft stuff. <laughs> oh, dafter the most. Well, so there's, there's daft stuff and there's fucking daft stuff. I'm yeah. shooting at one of your teammates. Well, I, yeah. think that's, I think that's quite drive by. Yeah, that's a bit more than daft. I've got to ask what when Stuart Pierce put David James up front. Yeah. I've got to ask him that. Like, yeah. Were it pre-met? Like, no. Did you know what? We're, but they had the shit ready though. Yeah. The first thing I knew about it. So we're playing Middlesbrough. Pitch, get your seat. Pitch, playing Middlesbrough last game of the season. We're drawing one all. We needed to win to finish in Europe. If we didn't, Middlesbrough went into Europe. So if Middlesbrough drew, they went in. If we won, we went. So we had to win. So the draw's good for Middlesbrough. Ten minutes left. Scorching up there. Last game of the season. Middlesbrough Etihad. Tim Flowers, goalie coach, turned around and went, Weaves, get warmed up. This is about 80 minutes. I went, what? You ain't fucking get warmed up. I'm like, what are you fucking on about? <laughs> I'd, just, I'd not been long back from injury. I'm thinking, he can't be putting me on five, saying, well done for getting back, sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, give him a little, give him a little sweet there. Yeah, give him five minutes. You worked hard, Nick. not end of season dead rubber sort of thing. It was fucking, you know. So then Pierce turned around, Weaves, get ready, going on. I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm fucking doing <laughs> the tie-ups. I'm thinking, fuck Next minute, I see the kit man, Les Chapman. Great fella, by the way, chappy. He pulls out of his little jacket, outfield shirt with James number one on it. So I'm sat next to John Mack, and bearing in mind we'd paid five million for yeah, Mack. I'm gonna say and he's going, oh, this is fucking great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I don't know what's happening fucking here. Yeah. So it started to sort of twig then. And you think, so only three people who knew about it were Pearcey, David James, and Kitman. No one else knew about it. So I'm getting warmed up. I'm thinking, I'm fucking, I just had about six Jaffa cakes. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Still got some chocolate. Wine gum. Yeah, you know what it's like on bench. <laughs> well, you'll know more than me, probably. <laughs> I, I, I used to play. <laughs> so, yeah, so next minute, I've gone over to fourth official. He's held it up. I think he was number six, Claudio Arena. So Claudio's like, I'm there. Claudio's like, what, he's replacing me? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like... We're going to play with two keepers. Basically, JMO's sprinted over. We, Claudio's wandered over, like, scratching his head. John Macken's fucking probably fucked off into the dressing room. <laughs> And I won't blame him. And um, so yeah, James come on, whipped his shirt off, whipped his outfield shirt on. James number one on back. He's gone up front. Claudio's gone sat on bench. I've gone in goal. And it was just like I'm thinking. I was buzzing because it was my first appearance for a while because I've been injured. So you know, I was just buzzing to be on pitch. Couldn't believe it, like you know. <laughs> and um, game goes on. It's about. It weren't like with last minute. It's about eight nine minutes to go plus injury time. Yeah. Anyway, of course, fucking have a cup. It was fucking you were hopeless, wasn't it? But he's like. <laughs> It's, it's bouncing off him. But what it did, it just caused a bit of panic. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to be marking big fucking Jamo, so we ended up getting us a corner and it went, oh, and fucking. Anyway, we end up getting a penalty in about 94th minute. So, gets penalty, 94th minute, crowds are going fucking wild. Obviously, it's like a bit of a strange atmosphere, which it's a bit of a jokey sort of thing, but yeah. it, it works. It Almost testimonial yeah. kind of. Yeah, that's what it sort of felt like. So Robbie Fowler stepped up to take penalty. You'd put your fucking house on Robbie, wouldn't you? It was, you know, great at penalties. Took him in, obviously, massive. I just don't think he fancied Thursday nights, didn't you? If you <laughs> next year, you know what I mean? <laughs> fuck that, fuck. Thursday night. Thursday night. That. <laughs> Thursday night away in fucking Czech Republic. <laughs> so, um, anyway, Mark Schwartz ended up saving it. Yeah. And, and that was that. And it, and it would be my girlfriend. It was her first ever game she'd ever been to. And she says to me after, does that happen all the time? Like, <laughs> it'll never happen as long as you live ever again. And she's like, oh, right. And she just thought, like, well, no, you won't know, would you? So we, we okay, unbelievable. It could have been us, like, you know, but obviously Robbie didn't fancy it Thursday nights, did he? <laughs> I think it was double car on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good soap night, Thursdays. And where John Macken, where he pissed off about it? A lot pissed off, Fucking I think. What? What are you pissed off about? He's for a goalkeeper yeah. up front instead of in your sleep. <laughs> Of course he was pissed off about it. Well, it would end at season, so it weren't yeah. like we're in training next day. Well, that was it. See yeah. you later, lads. Have a good summer sort of thing. <laughs> what he pissed off yeah. about it. No. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, to the point that he wants... He, I'm fucking off. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a fuck off moment, yeah. that. If you're, if, you're put, if, you're put, if you're putting a goalkeeper up front instead of you and you're a striker, <laughs> sad John Benz, that's a fuck... That's I'm fucking off Would you be off? Yeah. Would I be off? I want to sit fucking end at game. He'd have been having his fucking pizza in the dressing room anyway. <laughs> anyway. I'd have been up the tunnel. I'd have been chained before that fucking game finished. I'm off. That's it. We're done. Because for the very first time, we're going to have to do two parts. 
There was just too much good stuff from Mr. Weaver. He had too much to say, and it it wouldn't be fair to try and compress it all into an hour. There was just too much good stuff. So we're going to have two 50-minute parters. So Nicky Weaver, part two, coming very, very soon. Keep an eye out on the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, well, we'll we'll say when it's coming out, which will be, be shortly. Parky's got a book out. It's out now, Feed the Beast. If you haven't heard, if you've, been, if you've just got back from the moon... Um, that's in the Amazon and all the bookshops and all that. It's very good. I've read it. And I'm a very well-read man, I'll tell you. Um, what else is there? Oh, the live show. Live show, yes. Nearly forgot. That's coming up very soon. October the 11th, Bramall Lane. Chris Morgan, the very first guest. Uh, there's going to be at least one other guest on there. And there's going to be all kinds of other stuff going on. It's not just a podcast. But it's all for charity. It's going to be really good now. We're going to be giving shits away. There's going to be all kinds of stuff going on. So keep an eye on the social for more information on that. And as always, thanks for listening. And congratulations to Mr. Brown and the arrival of the new Wee Ben. We'll be back very soon with Nicky Weaver Part 2. See you later. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.